You are listening to the Free to Be Mindful podcast, which provides bite-sized tips for busy parents, educators, and anyone working with kids. These real talk conversations focus on mindful living, mental health, and personal growth, helping all to learn, grow, and inspire with mindfulness in mind. I'm your host, Vanessa De Jesus Guzman, educator, licensed professional counselor, entrepreneur, and mom. I'm passionate about helping folks live life with peace of mind and ease of heart while not losing their, well, you know, here we go. Hello and welcome to episode 123 of the Free to Be Mindful podcast. I hope that you're feeling good, looking good, and doing better in this world than you were yesterday. So typically on Thursdays, I do a consult a counselor episode, but this week was so heavy that I missed Thursday. (laughs) Today is not Thursday, and I just couldn't get to it. And I shared some of the thoughts why things were so heavy with you on social media, but I decided to record all of my thoughts and really share a little bit more and a little bit more profoundly for the podcast because I think that after reflecting on everything, it's important for it to live on instead of just being recorded on you know Instagram stories and just disappearing or being pushed down on the feed and people forgetting about it. So this is a little bit of a heavier episode. It's not as light and airy, but it is a very important one. And I will share before I go any further, if you are listening to this with children in the room, you know, I never use foul language, at least not on the podcast, (laughs) but um, it's definitely, it comes along with a warning. So it's an episode that should not be listened to with children present. So this past Wednesday, I had an amazing meeting for an Amiga Moms event that I am co-sponsoring with someone else for 2023. And it was like a really good meeting. And I felt so energized throughout the meeting. When I came off the call, I felt like excited and just, I don't know, almost a rush of the possibilities that there is to come, not only with this one event that we were planning, but also everything that's going to lead up to that. And then everything with Amiga Moms that is going to happen after. So I was invigorated. And then as we usually do, or I'll take responsibility as I usually do. Sometimes after we finish doing something, or even sometimes when we're bored, I just open up the phone and I turn straight to Instagram. And it was in that moment that I came across the very sad news of the passing of Stephen Twitch Boss. And I wanted to provide some background information in case you don't watch the news or in case you don't have social media or in case you're living in another part of the world where this isn't a very relevant topic right now. I just wanted to give you a very brief background of who he was and what exactly happened so that we're all on the same page. So Stephen Boss went by the name of Twitch. And he was on the show, So You Think You Could Dance. He was first a contestant, then a guest star, then a judge. Um, He met his wife on the show. Um, And after the show, he was picked up, or I think during the show, excuse me, he was picked up by Ellen DeGeneres because she wanted his help in some sort of dance routine that she wanted to do. And she fell in love with him. She hired him to be a guest DJ on her show. Eventually, he became a co-executive producer for the show. 
And in addition to that, he also did movies and choreography for a lot of people. He was well known in Hollywood, you could say. And I personally fell in love with him and his wife. I know that sounds a little odd, but I did because during the pandemic, they would dance out on their patio. And I don't know exactly how I came across their page. It must be something that was reposted or maybe through the Ellen Instagram page. I'm not sure. But when I saw them dancing, I immediately fell in love. And in case you didn't know, I'm a musically inclined person, not a musician in any sense of the word, but I used to be in chorus as a kid. I used to be a salsa performer. I used to play the piano. My brothers are both very good musicians, but I kind of do a little bit of this and a little bit of that and anything having to do with music, I'm all about. So it was just super cute to see their routines and how they played off of one another and how they integrated their families into these routines as well. And so on Wednesday morning, coming off this call, being so energized, and immediately when I opened up my Instagram and I found out that he had died by suicide, um, it was just, it was heartbreaking. And I'll explain why that is in just a little bit, but I do want to share with you. Reports state that sometime between Monday or Tuesday afternoon, um, he put his phone on airplane mode so that no one could reach him or track him. He took an Uber to a motel less than a mile from his home, and he was found dead on Wednesday, but he was found that he did die from a self-inflicted gunshot. And I took it hard. And I took it hard for perhaps a variety of different reasons. Maybe because we were born in the same year and we were the same age. Maybe because looking at his Instagram feed, because I think that that's probably after we see the news portion of it all. I know that I myself have found even when somebody dies of natural causes, we go to their social media because that's what gives us a glimpse of their life. So I noticed that he had just celebrated his wedding anniversary a couple days prior. Maybe I took it hard because of the scope of his talents and all the good that he did with it. And definitely because I fell in love, as I said, with him and his wife dancing during the pandemic. Definitely because my heart breaks for his young children. And because I work with mental illness so frequently... And I do have clients who sometimes go through these bouts of depression and sometimes attempt different things. Oh, this is hard. I didn't realize that I would get so emotional. And as I'm experiencing this, I'm thinking about, should I cut this out? Maybe I will, maybe I won't, but this is authentic. So working with mental illness, it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot to carry. It's a lot to hold that space for other people. And it was just hard. I totally do not do this in front of people, but here we are. So what I wanted to do is share with you three major points of this unfortunate tragedy as a learning experience, because what I've noticed in talking to people and seeing things on social media, a lot of people took it hard because of a lot of the things that I mentioned but there are a lot of different nuances that I think that we have to remember and keep in mind to understand the things from a full scope 
and not just a small lens. That small lens where we as a society make a lot of our assumptions on is through social media. We present ourselves on social media the way that we want to be presented as. Even as I'm doing this, I'm like, oh, am I really going to keep this so that people can see my face on YouTube and hear my sniffles on, on the podcast? Again, maybe I will, maybe I won't. But I'm thinking about it because I usually do not present myself in this light because it's vulnerable. And when we look at Twitch's Instagram page, everything was positive, right? We see him dancing. We see him with his wife, what they just celebrated, his beautiful children, his young, beautiful children, all of the good that he did, the fun videos, the Ellen videos, the So You Think You Can Dance videos. But it's just a small scope. We don't see the things that are outside of those one to two minute videos. However, we as humans, and it's natural that we base so much on just the things that we see because it's hard to base off things that we don't see, right? I don't show you when I yell at my kid or when I have a fight with my husband or when I'm just feeling in a funk and neither do you. So again, it's just a glimpse And social media cannot and it must not be the radar for us to use to assume how people are living their life and what they're living with and the things that they are handling and how they're handling it because it doesn't show us the reality. Because the reality of this case is he had just posted a beautiful video the day before of he dancing with his wife. That day he posted a video on TikTok dancing. So I get it. I get it when people say, oh, but I don't understand. You know, like he was just so happy. He was so this and so that. But the reality is, again, that we don't know the true picture of it all. The next point I wanted to make, and it ties into this, is that mental health issues impact us all. And it's important for us to understand that not every depressed person has suicidal thoughts. And not every person who dies by suicide is depressed, right? And there's a couple of things that I wanted to share in with this point. And the first is just education on why we say died by suicide versus committed suicide. And folks may think like, oh, it's just semantics. It's not a big deal. But it is. Because when we ask, how could they do this? That puts a responsibility on the victim. And we want to make sure that we understand that depression and other mental illnesses can be leading factors for suicide. So that's why we say died by suicide, because it removes that blame from the person who has just lost their life. And it allows the space about you know diseases and disorders that they may be suffering from. So talking now again about depression, know that when you have depression, and I don't mean just you in conversation saying, oh, I'm so depressed, right? We have to also be careful with that about the way that we use our language. Just because you are very neat and like things in a particular order doesn't mean that you're necessarily OCD. Just because you get nervous before seeing a speech in front of people doesn't mean that you have anxiety. Um, or you don't know when you have cancer just by looking at yourself, right? So 
just like that, mental health falls into the same realm. You must have a licensed person who has the education and the training to give you that diagnosis. And that's the responsibility in which we should use these words. So when you are clinically depressed and have been diagnosed by a licensed professional, you can smile, you can still love, love and feel love and and you can still dance and you can do all the things sometimes on just some days, sometimes just some moments of the days, but understand that when you have clinical depression, there are some days that you can't even move. And it's really hard to understand if you've never had this diagnosis. Perhaps you have felt a really hard time, maybe through grief or maybe just through a situation where it's even hard to like go to the bathroom because you literally cannot move. It's not something that your brain tells you, no, I'm not going to do this right now. It's that you physically cannot. And know also that, again, it just doesn't have to be based on depression or mental illness. Um, Risk factors for suicide may also include family stress, environmental risks, situational crises. And it's important for us to know some warning signs while understanding that sometimes we may not realize any of these signs, but it's good to have an idea, knowing that sometimes people make direct and indirect threats about wanting to die by suicide, and we should take those seriously. Finding notes or finding plans. If someone has had prior attempts, that increases the risk. If someone is making final arrangements, giving things away, if someone has a big preoccupation with death can be a big risk factor or a big warning sign and also big changes in behavior. But again, know that sometimes these things are not present. So it's tough, but it's good to know. And if you've ever come across a situation with someone you love or maybe even someone you don't know well, Remember to stay calm. Also, ask direct questions. If we ask somebody, have you thought about killing yourself? We do not plant the seed. We do not make them want to do something. It's important to be direct with our questioning so that nothing is left to the the gray space so that we know clearly where the other person is. It's important for us to have a concern for all of our well-being and also to avoid being accusatory. That's really important. We must reassure folks that are navigating this space. We must reassure them that there is help, but we mustn't judge. And again, that can be challenging. It's also important to provide constant supervision, especially if they're young, not to leave them alone and to remove any means for self-harm from the home. So if there are weapons in the home, um, if there are pills around, even if someone is using just basic instruments that we have to eat with or to cut with in our homes, we must remove them so that they don't have easy access. And like I mentioned, we cannot judge others for what they choose to show. And again, that's really hard because we take things at face value. Again, looking at Twitch's page, you would never have guessed this, but there have been so many people who have died by suicide. You might even recall some of these names like Anthony Bourdain and Chris Cornell, Naomi Judd, 
Kate Spade, Robin Williams. And when folks are going through a hard time, maybe it's easier to accept the outcome. But when we see such positivity all the time, it definitely leaves us with a big question mark as to wanting to understand and not being able to. But if you have a little bit of an understanding of mental illness and the way that that works, it can help put some things in perspective. And a big, big asterisk next to this big conversation is that there are about 800,000 people in the United States who die by suicide each year. And because of people's fame and status, it can hit differently. And we can think that it's only you know a certain amount of folks, but know that this is a concern for people each and every day. And I'm going to say something, and it's really hard to say, and it's harder to hear, that we as humans are very selfish, myself included. We're focused on our goals because we are focused on our hopes and our dreams, on the way that we do things, on things we want to accomplish, on the way that we want to live. And there's nothing wrong with that. But because we sometimes place so much focus on those areas, we sometimes forget and we have to remember to take moments to look at, to speak with, to spend time with those we love. We must learn how to ask the hard questions like, how are you? How really are you? And we must learn to listen more than we speak and to allow people to be vulnerable. And I get how this can sound like an impossible task because not everything can be seen, but yet we do want to ask those questions. So all in all, we also want to understand that we're not going to have all these answers, that sometimes there's going to be a lot of question marks left and we may live in gray area at times, but we can just do our best. And this was just very quick introduction. I thank you for allowing me to be vulnerable and to share my thoughts, to educate a little bit, and to just start the conversation that I hope elicits you to want to find out more and to have conversations with your loved ones as well. So please take care of your mental health. Check in on your loved ones. Ask the hard questions. Seek help when needed. And be kind always. And know that if you yourself are struggling with yourself or with someone you love, you can always contact the Suicide and Crisis Hotline by texting or calling 988 in English or Spanish. And they're available every single day of the year at all hours of the day to help you get through hard times. Wishing you all the best.